All right. Welcome to the Jason Mojo podcast. I'm here with Jordan Berry. He was a pastor of 15 years and transitioned out of full-time ministry into buying a laundromat. His experience buying his first laundromat was not a good one. Instead of replacing his salary as he expected, his laundromat lost $2,000 per month for well over a year. Desperate to find help to turn his business around, he frantically searched for someone to guide him to profitability. He found no rescue. After finally stopping the bleeding, he decided to share the hard-earned and expensive lessons he learned on a blog, and then on a YouTube channel, and then on a quest to find out how the best laundromat owners operated their businesses. And he started a podcast interviewing laundromat owners and other industry professionals. Uh, this turned into Laundry Mat Resource. Right now, he's looking into starting a fund and buying 14 new laundromats all at once. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Of course, bro. So first question is is obviously a you know a guaranteed one, which is why laundromats? Like, why was that the thing? Like, why not a landscaping business or like window cleaning or something like that? Yeah. So, you know, so I I business wasn't really on my radar. Uh so when I was getting out of ministry full time, I was looking, trying to figure out what to do. And I didn't really know what to do or where to go. And I never owned business. Uh, before or investments or anything like that. I didn't know anything about any of it, which is why I ended up losing a lot of money. Um, and that was not on my radar at all. I just was figuring I was going to go get another job somewhere. And uh, my wife actually, uh, her family had a, a family friend who he worked a high paying tech job in the San Francisco Bay area. And he was, you know, working 60, 70 hours a week, but making good money. And he bought a laundromat and essentially replaced that income with one laundromat and was working like five hours a week. And I was like, yes, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. And, uh, you know, the income coming in with very little time commitment ended up being the exact opposite of my experience, which was a whole lot of time going in and not only no money coming in, but money going out, uh, the other end too. So, didn't work out that well, but it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't something we were searching for specifically, but, but the dream behind it, uh, which I, I know is a reality now at the time I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening. But the dream of it was, uh, the freedom, right? The time freedom and the income coming in, take care of those, you know, those bills and, and, you know, not no work, but some work and a lot of free time. And I had young kids and that sounded great. Yeah, to me. Of course. Now, like, you know, being a pastor, why did you stop? Yeah. Well, so I mean, it's a very, it's funny. I mean, it's a, it's a very demanding job uh, in some ways, not, not in maybe like a traditional high pressure situation, but you're working with people in, in the real problems, right? Like the real heavy stuff of life. And your hours are odd. I worked a lot of like evening hours and, you know, I had young kids. I had a, Kids were, you know, I think one in three or two and four, something like that. Now, did, did you go to school for that? Yeah, I went to school for that and uh, and did that for you know a long time. And um, so, like fourteen of those years were all at once. I did go back after I owned two laundromats already. I did go back and uh, do one sort of interim year again, just to maybe feel it out a little bit. It was just it's too demanding with with the little kids and and all that stuff. So uh, yeah. that was sort of the the reason for the exit. Okay. Now, like, what do you think the qualities were that you, that you took with that to like, you know, do the business minus stuff you're doing now, like being a pastor, I feel like you have to have a massive amount of patience. I feel like that's one of the best qualities. Yeah. Um, Cause like, even you know, I, I was always religious when I was a kid. Um, 
I just didn't really know what that felt like, like being on the other end of that, like doing that every single Sunday and like Saturday, you know, Saturday church and like, mm -hmm. um, doing confessions. Like it, it just makes me seem like you're, you got the patience to obviously like keep striving for the right goals and like, you know, have other people's interest in, in their best mind. But like, did you think that that made you a happier person being like on the side of God? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that I, I enjoyed my time. I, you know, and I, I still am involved just, just not, you know, vocationally. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I absolutely. I mean, I think there's a lot of fulfillment there. Um, but also, you know, on the flip side is, you know, when you do it, you're, you're working with people, right? People are never done. So there's never like a begin project in project. Yeah. Here's my finished product. This is great. Right. So, so on, in that sense, there's no fulfillment in terms of like a finished product. Like you can see progress and that is fulfilling. Uh, but you know, everybody knows like, just like that, you can take all that progress and throw it out the window and go, you know, we see it with addicts and stuff like that. Right. Like, and addicts are not special in that way. We all do that in different, different areas of our lives. Right. And so, you know, it's, it, it is fulfilling and it's fulfilling to be involved in people's lives and to be, you know, a support and a help, especially in times of need and to celebrate when things are going good. Um, but also, you know, it's, it's taxing, right? Yeah, Cause it's just an ongoing process. It never yeah. ends. Now, now being a laundromat business owner, like, for other business owners who are watching this who are local based, I have a lot of people who like listen to this who are. Um, what are some things that you implemented to allow yourself to have that thing organically run? Because like, you know, laundromats kind of sell themselves, but like were there things you were doing on the digital marketing side to help your, you know, to help your bottom line? Yeah. So what's interesting is, you know, when I was when I was sold in laundromat, I was sold the, you know, the dream of, you know, you come and collect quarters once or twice a week, and that's pretty much it. You know, and what I learned, anybody who owns a business knows like anytime you're dealing with people or machines, you're going to have problems. And uh, so you've got to, you got to take care of those problems. But I didn't, and, and, you know, in the laundromat industry, especially uh, up until the last year, maybe or so, or maybe two, uh, it was pretty much said, Hey, we don't advertise. We don't do digital marketing. We don't do any of that stuff because we don't have to. And the, you know, it's become more and more competitive and in, in the industry. And so now, you know, more and more laundromats are doing digital marketing. So I didn't do any, um, I invested all this. I say this all the time. Like I invested all this money into my laundromat, put new machines in there, you know, all that stuff. And I invested $0 in letting people know uh, early on all the things that all the mm -hmm. changes I made and the improvements I made. Right. And so, I mean, that was a big lesson in and of itself is, you know, you've got to, you've got to let people know what you're offering and what you're doing to, you know, to, to provide solutions to their, their problems. Right. And so it wasn't for a few years until I started uh, implementing, you know, any digital marketing strategies for the laundromat. But at that point I had kind of stabilized a little bit and uh, you know, was doing some Facebook and Google uh, Google ads to help, drive more yeah. traffic and build that business. I feel like Google My Business definitely helps a lot when you're local too, because oh, all the sure. reviews will stack. Um, now for like anybody who's wondering, like how much does it cost startup wise for a laundromat? Let's say it's like a, a median sized laundromat. How many machines is that usually? Um, so it's a difficult question to ask because it varies pretty wildly. Um, more, I would probably look at a square footage 
okay. of store. So maybe like 2,500 to 3,000 square foot would be like an average sized okay. laundromat. And you might have 50 machines in there. You might have more, you might have less depending on the layout and the spacing and all and what size machines you have, all that. Um, so, you know, in terms of how much money you need, so if you're going more of like a traditional financing route, uh, you know, you're going to need probably 35 to 40% down, uh, for a laundromat. And, you know, that average laundromat is going to be maybe around 400 ish thousand dollars. Um, you can buy them for a lot less. You can buy them for a whole lot more. You can buy them for seven mm. figures, but maybe like 400 probably be like an average. Okay. Um, so, you know, 35, 40% down, but then there's also a lot of seller financing options for laundromats too, where you can do more creative things, use less money. SBA is also an option sometimes. Yeah, dude, SBA is huge. Some of my clients, they really arbitrage SBA for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, when, I mean, what was the average revenue that you would make on a location? Uh, so again, it varies wildly. I mean, it depends on uh, size for one. Um, it depends on population density. It depends on your business model, right? So there's self-serve laundromats where it's just what you think of as people coming in doing their laundry and all that. Um, and you know, those range from negative $2,000 a month of, of, of profit, uh, to, you know, $15,000 plus, uh, a month, uh, for those laundromats. So, uh, you know, and it can be kind of anywhere in there. I'd say probably the five to 8,000 a month net is, yeah. is pretty average. And maybe like the 15 to $20,000 gross is, is average. And then, you know, as far as like things to avoid, like what were the things that you made mistakes on and being that you wish you would, would, would know now? Yeah. Well, I didn't do any proper due diligence. Right. And, you know, a lot of one of the things that's really attractive about laundromats to some people is that they're cash businesses, you know, and there's perks that come along with that potentially, um, some legal, some less legal. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that, that can be good. Um, but, uh, the downside to cash businesses is that they can be very difficult to verify income and expenses to be it could be really hard to know how much money actually is coming into that business, especially if there's no product that you're selling and the expenses, there's not a one-to-one -one correlation, you know, to your expenses, to your cost of goods sold. Right. So, yeah. Um, so verification can be tricky and I just didn't know anything about it. Right. And I relied on the broker who he, I mean, he sold me a fairy tale that was never going to be, a reality and I didn't know any different and there really wasn't anywhere else to turn at that. This is like a decade ago. There really was nowhere else to turn, uh, to get help or to get some, you know, consulting, uh, on that. And so that due diligence is, is huge. Um, that's uh, a big mistake I made. Um, again, you know, not, not investing any money into letting people know about the laundromat that, you know, the digital advertising and, you know, things like that. Um, was a huge mistake. And then, you know, when I was losing money part, this is part of that too. When I was losing money, I, you know, I never owned a business before. I didn't know what to do. And so I like, I turtled up, right. I got scared. I didn't want to spend any more money. Cause I didn't know, like, you know, if I'm going to do digital advertising, for example, am I just going to put more money out there and, and not get anything back? Cause I don't really know what I'm doing. And, 
Yeah. You know, and so yeah, and then it becomes expensive trying to pay other people to do it, and you just don't have the retainer there to rock and roll with it, and it's tough. Yeah. The other thing too is like you don't know which traffic source to pick. Yep. Be like, oh, is Facebook the best? Is Google the best? Maybe I should look at my competitors and like. Uh, did you ever look at like what other people were running though, as far as like offers? Like there was definitely a a, a game of offers in the laundromat niche, like you know getting X free or getting your first load for X amount, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. Like, did you run any offers like that? Did you find some of your winning offers from doing digital advertising or was it just some, you know, going over your like competitors? Uh, you know what? I didn't really, uh, I didn't really find any winning offers until after I started my podcast. Uh, and part of the reason I started the podcast was to talk to other owners to find out what they were doing to be such winners when I was struggling. Right. Uh, and this is after Martha. I started. Dude, you, that? that's smart though. You don't want to have yeah. to keep making mistakes on your own accord. You might as well just learn from other people's. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the best offers out there, um, that is, it's really a genius offer is, you know, there's more and more, um, digital payment options in the laundromat industry. So if you have like a card system, for example, like a loyalty card system, um, a, uh, a double your money campaign for a certain amount of time, like a grand opening or something like that. And you say, Hey, this, this month, we're going to double whatever money you put on the loyalty card. We'll double it. So, you know, put 20 bucks on, we'll put another 20, put a hundred bucks on, we'll put another hundred, put a thousand bucks on, we'll put another thousand on. And customers love that obviously, cause they're getting free money. Um, yeah. And for you, it's not, you're not really losing any money. Cause hopefully you've got at least a chunk of that covered in your margins. So you're not losing a ton of money, but what it really does, so your customers are feeling good, but what it really does is, you know, there's, there's research out there that basically says, Hey, if, if a customer comes to your laundromat three times, essentially they're your customer, unless you do something to lose them, they're yours. And yeah. so when people put money, 20 bucks on their card and you give them another 20, chances are pretty good. They're going to come back until they spend that $40. And that's going to be two, three, four times um, that they're coming back. And by that yeah. time, and you know, what's crazy years. is that you could push to them the three offers. You could say, Hey, like if you give us 10, we'll give you 10. You give us 20, you give us 20. If you give us a thousand, we'll give you a thousand. But here's the kicker is that no one's going to take the thousand, right? They're all going to take the middle one, which is the 20. And you want them yep. to do that. Cause that's the KPI that you're driving. Yep. I like that. It's like, you know, like we, we, we work with a lot of service business too. And once they get past the four month mark, they don't leave. It's very hard for them. It's like an 83% chance of them not leaving. If you get them past four months, Mm -hmm. Um, or like if they have a monthly service where it's like plumbing or whatever, like once they get past the fourth month, they basically are a lifetime customer. Mm -hmm. Um, so dude, that's been huge for us. And like the thing that's crazy is that you, you use that psychology to get people to take the middle package, which is obviously mm -hmm. just the 20 to 20. That's, that's honestly really smart. Um, another thing too, like, did you have anybody working there that was doing like, cause I've been to a couple laundromats while traveling and stuff. And like, Sometimes they'll do the dry cleaning for you or they'll fold the clothes for you and all that. Like, did you offer those services? Were those ways to increase AOV? Did you stay away from that? Just did machines? Uh, yeah, I did both, um, what just self-serve only. And then I did um, a drop-off. Uh, so like wash, dry, full drop-off laundry and a little bit of pickup and delivery uh, laundry also, which is really booming. And this, you know, the, the drop-off laundry and especially the pickup and delivery laundry those are the two big areas of opportunity when it comes to digital advertising, I think, yeah. because what those do is those expand out your radius of influence on your, you know, your business. Cause a laundromat, it's only really like, yeah, I'm in LA here. Right. So I, I really get about a half mile radius around my 
laundromats that I'm drawn from. But if I offer pickup and delivery, I can extend that out to five, 10 or whatever miles. Yeah, um, true. So I can service a whole lot more people and uh, that digital marketing, uh, digital advertising is, uh, is huge for the, for the service side of the laundry business right now, it, which is just kind of scratching the surface in my opinion. So you had all these laundromats, you sold them. <clears throat> like, did you, how long ago did you sell all of them? Um, so I went down to one about a year and a half ago, uh, in preparation of scaling up big, that's, that's the goal is to scale it. Why are you and taking so, advantage of it now with the seller financing? What is it about the market right now that makes it very appealing? Um, actually the market's not a great one to be a buyer. I mean, not, not that it's a bad one. Uh, but relatively, if I would have bought three years ago, I could have, I could have bought for a lot less, um, money and there was more on the market. Um, but the opportunity is still good. I mean, the cash flow in laundromats is just so good. Um, as long as you buy correctly, the cash flow is just so good. You can't, you really can't beat it anywhere else, especially, you know, real estate investing or a lot of other. Now, what um, about like, like you're in the laundromats. Why don't you do like a car wash? You ever thought about that? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, car, and I like car washes too. Uh, car wash. There's a couple things about car washes that I don't like as much as laundromats. Number one is their price point tends to be higher because a lot of times you have to buy the real estate with the car wash. It's not true for a laundromat. Um, and then number two is a car wash is it's, it's more, it's, I'm not saying it's a luxury, but it's more of a luxury. It's not a, it's not a necessary thing. People can wash their cars oh, at home yeah. and, or just not wash their cars and stuff like that. You have to do laundry. And so, you know, COVID hits or a recession hits or whatever, people may do their car washes less often or may do it themselves. Laundry, it's just maybe the the service side might drop a little bit, but that self-serve side is, it's going to stay steady. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, man, just to like conclude, I appreciate you, you, know, you coming on the show. Um, for anybody who is listening, where, where can they follow you? Yeah, so Laundromat Resource is... Uh, this is a platform. I've got a podcast, Laundromat Resource Podcast, YouTube. Uh, there's you know a bunch of free resources uh, over there at laundromatresource.com. And you can shoot me an email at jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, at laundromatresource.com. Awesome. And I always ask this question at the end. I know you're about to buy 14 laundromats, but like, let's say three years from now, like, where do you actually want to be? Like, what's your biggest goal of the next three years? Uh, can I give you my five-year goal? Go for that's it. That's a little more defined. Yeah. Five years... Hoping to be at 300. 300. All yeah. right, sick. Well, we're going to document it. Dude, I appreciate having you on the show. And appreciate have you having me on, man.